Father Joshua. Hey, Father Rory, we're back. We are back. We are back. So Here we are. People can't see us right now, and I feel bad about that, kind of. Um, <laughs> well, I think it's probably I think it's probably a good thing for them that they can't see our faces. Actually, it's probably it's probably a great help to their prayer in many ways. Make it easier to listen to. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, uh, it just wasn't for their. Faces. Yeah. So you you're uh, you're Father Rory, destroyer of computers now, huh? <laughs> That's a that's a gentle way of, of putting it. Yes, um, uh, yes. I, I I may or may not have destroyed my computer. The uh, what was it like last week or uh, last weekend uh, when I realized I'd forgotten something was running down the stairs and destroyed it. And so um, in your in your haste to do good works, in my, yes, in my haste to do go good things for the Lord, I obliterated <laughs> my computer. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was not my best moment, not my finest moment, not my finest mm. moment. Um, mm. But uh, but a new computer, and uh, with all sorts of kinks that we're still trying to work out for this little podcast thing. Yeah, well, you know, the Lord can bring good out of out of anything that we do. Let's let's hope and pray. So it'll it'll get worked out. So what we but we're here. It's time for uh, we're gonna do. It's not another episode of not another Catholic podcast. Uh, what is it? The thirty-first Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. Thirty, yeah, exactly. Thirty. Can you believe it? Like thirty-first Sunday in Ordinary Time, we're almost like through the liturgical year again. Oh, that's like the end. Yeah, we're like there. Oh my gosh! Christ the King is right around the corner, and it'll be New Year's Day for all Catholics, boys and girls everywhere. Um, there'll be celebrations in the streets. There'll be. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. Did anyone really like celebrate like Christ the King properly? I'm trying to think of like I'm not sure if there's an improper way of doing it, but like I'm curious if like we could totally do like a full like full on like New Year's Eve party kind of thing for Christ the King. Yeah, something to think about. It would have to last the entire week. It would. Have, oh, that's right. <laughs> Which not the worst idea in the world. <laughs> I mean, if there was, if 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 there's anything to celebrate at all, it's Christ, the King, Lord of the Universe. I mean, in the grand scheme of things to celebrate, right? I mean, what what could be better? I mean, he's the Lord of the. Universe. That's right. That's um, right. I don't want to shock anyone, but it may even be better than Lord of the Dance. But um, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, yes. I don't so, even know um, what to do with that. Now we're we're fresh bag. We were we got together this week for our what our diocese calls the Fall Institute. We got together with a the priests of our diocese. Um, and we had a great speaker with Father Josh Johnson or Johnston Johnson. I think. Johnson Johnson Johnson. Amazing speaker, huh? Oh, I thought he was great. I thought he was great. One of those speakers where it's just like presents such a great image of priesthood and like all these great things you can do, and it's just like, holy smokes, there's so much more that I need to be doing. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one who felt that. <laughs> at, at one point, at one point, I heard a priest like whisper to me, like, "When does he find the time to do all this stuff?" And then, like, the next words out of his mouth were like, "Well, my day usually starts at 4 a.m." <laughs> like, oh, well, there you have it. 
Well, that that would certainly help. I mean, you've added a couple of hours in that case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I but, I know priests like that though, who are like super like early risers, and I I have struggled with that. Oh, I don't know how. Yeah. Ah, uh, but we do what we can, and we do what we're here to do, and we're here today to talk about the readings for this Sunday. We are, which is very good stuff. So yeah, so this week and uh, this. Weekend, we have um, reading some book of wisdom, obviously a psalm, uh, Second Thessalonians, and we're continuing our journey through the chapter uh, through Luke. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of interest. Uh, I I was reading through these readings, and obviously not only in preparation for this, but also in preparation for weekend homily, and I'm looking for like common themes in some ways, and and maybe it's just because I'm tired that I wasn't seeing it. Um, but yeah, definitely not our um, not like in in other times where I thought saw a super, super clear theme for any of this. Um, but that first well, reading from the Book of Wisdom, and like uh, we did for the last episode, the first episode of the season, uh, I'll put the, uh, the which passages in the in the in the information for each episode, so that you can if you want to go back and, and listen to uh, read the readings, uh, they can certainly do that uh, on their own. Um, but save us some time. Uh, we'll just assume that the uh, uh, that they've read them, which I do. Yeah. Uh, but first, reading from the Book of Wisdom, Father Joshua. Do you know anything about the Book of Wisdom that you can share? <laughs> there was a time when I. I mean, this is it's it's attributed to Solomon. We say this is the wisdom of Solomon, um, and it's it's full of of. Um, really unique passage like this is this is kind of where um the jewish tradition and greek philosophy kind of kind of are meeting and bearing fruit together um so you have a lot of really interesting things that come out in the book of wisdom mm. one of the things that that really jumps out from this this past so we was talking about it's talking about the power of the lord you know like <laughs> before the whole universe is just a grain or a drop of dew to the Lord. Like the Lord is so vast and so powerful. And then it says, "You but you have mercy on all because you can do all things. And you overlook people's sins that they may repent. Like to have mercy as the Lord has mercy on us, to have mercy is a powerful thing to do like you need to have strength in order to show mercy like if you if you look at these old uh these stories of of ancient kings and all this like the weakest kings were the ones who had to be cruel you know like that's how they had to shore up their power but to say okay well god can do all things because he is powerful enough to have mercy and that to me speaks speaks something to to us and how we need to to treat each other and to be forgiving towards each other like that's actually it takes so much courage and strength to actually be forgiving to actually be merciful to others um so that's something that's something powerful from this first reading i think i love that i think that's great um i, I was watching a documentary a little while ago on dictators and they, they sort of did like this thing with, with like it was like what what it takes to become a dictator um and so they they had this kind of interesting 
you don't want to say fun way of doing it, but because they're talking about dictators still, but but this interesting way of like approaching like like what how to become a dictator, and it's funny how they would like there was times where they would appease people, and there were times where they would they would totally lie to them, and, and it was always in this in this mad dash to to have and hold on to power, right? Yeah. But exactly what you're saying, right? Like. God doesn't do that for us. So at times we are genuinely confused, like because in some ways he's either like the guru who wants to give us, he's like the great vending machine in the sky who's going to give us everything, or he's he's something else, or he's a tyrant, and he's 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 neither one of those, right? He's God. <laughs> um, but I think one of the things that kind of drives home your point a little bit even better than even better than what I said, which is shocking, um, is something from the. Uh, the the latter half of the, the reading says, where it says, uh, you, re you rebuke offenders little by little, warn them and remind them of their sins they are committing, that they may abandon their wickedness and believe in you, O Lord, right? Which I just have this image, like in my mind, this is an image of God just kind of being incredibly gentle and patient with our uh, inability, with our, with our fallenness, with our, you know, uh, like God's not confused that we're sinful. God's not surprised that we, we make mistakes, right? Um, that he recognizes this is all part and parcel of the same thing. So I, I think it's gonna, that kind of like speaks to that whole mercy, like the way he does it is like, and I think it, for those who, who have drawn close in their spiritual life, and I've heard this from people where, um, at the very least, if, if not for the people, certainly in my own life, uh, the, the more I've prayed, the more I spend time in prayer, the more I become aware of like, other sins in my life that I, I was never initially aware of. Um, and it's no longer like big things. It's just like, it's like little things like this. It's like, oh, you didn't, you know, do, take care of this, looking at that. Um, but it's ends up being like doing the smaller steps. When it speaks to this, this like, this project that God has to get us to, to come to know him, mm. right? How, like God could make, us obey him. God could make the world obey. God could make himself known in really dramatic and obvious ways. But his goal is not to make us um, servants, but to make us sons, to make us, um, to, to form covenant with us. And so, do we, we all right? We got to pause? Oh, no, I, 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 you said and so, and I was waiting. Oh, <laughs> I was on the end of my seat. I was on the end of my seat. I was also trying to make sure the thing wasn't echoing. So if it's echoing right now, I apologize uh, to all my all our listeners. I don't think it's echoing, but if it is, I apologize. Um, there was a look on your face of just like utter horror, and I was like, "Oh no, did I say something? Like, are we frozen? What happened?" Um, actually, I can't see you right now. I'm not sure if you have your camera off or not. But no, it's gone. Um, That's weird. I can't see you. I just see the. Oh. I just see the jail. Uh computers computer issues abound. Um, Which is so what were we talking about? Go ahead. Huh? No, go ahead. What were we talking about? And I so gonna I was gonna do a massively hard transition and uh, Oh. Oh. But like so so God wants us to to come to know him and to love him. And so what is one of the ways that he does it? He was saying he's he's by that gentleness you said, you know, to 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 warn us, to remind us of our sins, to draw people back to him rather than um imposing his will. You know? Um yeah, so it's this it's this um 
this great project of God's to get us to come to know and to love him. And this is part of it, his mercy. Absolutely. Right. Um, and, and then the Psalm speaks to that too, especially I think in that second verse, um, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. The Lord is good to all and compassionate towards all his works. Right. Um, and there's something to be said for that, right? That he's compassionate towards all of his works. And this is maybe a massive tangent, but um, there's been some things in the news lately about um, uh, some environmentalists who were, who were um, I'm not sure what the proper term is, but they're, they're protesting in these museums, uh, throwing, throwing, throwing things on, on famous paintings and all sorts of stuff and gluing their hands. You mean tomato soup and mashed potatoes? Is that what it was? I, I didn't Oh, yeah. Okay, um, so, but there's there's something about that where like there's a sense of saying you know if God is compassionate towards all of His works, including all of creation, there's a sense of saying you know we have to surrender the care of that primarily to God, but also in some ways to recognize that by us you know violently going after each other, we're not helping by much. You know, there's a sense of positive, helpful ways of actually discussing this and dealing with this, certainly. Um, in the sense of, you know, in some ways, patience with, with, with the ways of God, right? That that he's, uh, he does have control of what, what's happening and his graciousness, his mercy is leading things well. Um, okay, again, why do, I, why do I say that? But again, go back to that, to the first reading where he's talking about you know, leading us slowly, little and little, bringing us to conversion, right? Um, there's a sense of God's patience with us, and that same gift of patience is what we're supposed to extend to the rest of the world um, and the way we interact with everything. They, yeah, I'm, I'm going off on, like, massive tangents here, and I can't and see it, your face. I don't know if, like, you're, you're like, this is complete <laughs> heresy. Um, but, Yes. Well, and it's and it and it goes to like, like it speaks to the age old thing. Like, yes, God is the is the one who drives us. God is the one who changes us. God is the one who shapes us. But then we also have to cooperate and participate in that. So it's this age old thing of like, yes, it's God who is doing the good thing, but it's also we have to work and participate in that too. Right. And then. Like the response, the the versicle, <laughs> the versicle for the responsorial psalm, uh, speaks to what our response is. The Lord is gracious and merciful; He's slow to anger; He's good to all, compassionate towards His works. So, what is my response to that need to be? I will praise Your name forever, my King and my God. Mm. Yes, and this is uh, this psalm is getting towards the end of the psalms, which is going to get more and more to being. Um, Psalms of praise and thanksgiving to God, speaking about his, his justice, mercy, and so on and so forth. Um, and I, you know, again, we, I think there's something to be said. We want to make sure that, you know, I think especially when it comes to the Old Testament, there's a tendency sometimes to kind of paint God as either, maybe in the New Testament, there's a tendency to paint God as like the, the great vending machine in the sky. And on the opposite realm in, in the Old Testament to paint him as, as this vicious, angry God. Um, 
But then listen to like the tender language here, right? The Lord is faithful in all his works and holy in all his works. Uh, the, the Lord lifts up all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. I love that, the, that translation there. The Lord lifts up all who are falling, right? Who are in the act currently of failing, of falling. And you could probably put a lot of different translations of what that, that falling looks like. Whether it be an, into habitual sin, whether it be you know the struggle of struggles of life, um, physical ailments, whatever that may be, right? That that God is caring for them, uh, and that's why you know that's the versicle says, "I will praise your name forever, my King and my God." Yeah, the act of falling is not a moment where God is no longer with us. It's in the act of falling that God is most present to us. He's there to lift us up. Exactly. Um, and that is not a not a, a terrible way of leading into the second uh, second reading uh, from Thessalonians, uh, from Second Thessalonians. Not surprisingly, um, which I you mentioned this last time, which, which again I had never noted, I had never heard before, but that the, that the the first reading and the gospel are really the two. You know, readings in ordinary time that are following the the ordinary. That is, that is the the uh, one reading sort of follows from from the other. We're mm -hmm. looking at sort of a chronological, uh, not really chronological, but in a um, I don't know, one chapter after another through the Gospels, um, and then yeah. So the 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 first reading is picked to kind of connect to the Gospel. Whereas the gospel is kind of doing going going through chapter by chapter, and the second reading is also kind of doing its own thing. It's it's going through chapter by chapter different different books of the New Testament. So so this was not picked to go with either of those other readings, you know, specifically. Um, so it it can be hard to kind of draw a, a connection with the with the second reading sometimes. Um, I do I do think there's something. Uh, I love it. It talks at the end. Of the, he's like, he's like, there's so many uh, doomsday prophets out there. There's so many doom, you know, Armageddon is near, the end is nigh. And even that was even happening in the time of the writing of the New Testament. You know, the fact that we have, we have Paul warning, uh, you know, people are going to be saying that the day of the Lord is at hand, that, that this is the day. Um, uh, he's like, don't, don't get freaked out about that. Don't worry about that. Even if, even if it's somebody like, even if it, the letter claims to be from me, that's not from me. If it says that the day of the Lord is at hand. Yeah. Some things, while everything is, you know, everything's always new, but some things really never change. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, and, I, and I like the idea of you know, kind of looking at, at kind of two reasons, kind of almost, you know, thinking, okay, well, what's, at least in the back of my mind, I think this is a nice kind of way of kind of the second reading is a nice way of kind of almost saying, talking about the fulfillment of God as creator in us, right? That, you know, uh, that in a very real, real way, we're, we're sort of, again, in a starkly different way, in, in a manifestly hugely different way, we're not the same as creating as God, but we are a sort of co-creator with God, right? That God takes what we have and uses it to lead us towards, uh, uh, uses what we create 
in connection with what he is creating. Um, and I think one of the one of the beautiful uh, things about this, right, that is that Paul is praying for his brothers and sisters in Thessalonica and saying, um, you know, he prays for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and powerfully bring to fulfillment every good purpose and every effort of faith. Um, the sort of the nice sense about that is just that uh, they're sort of praying for each other to help each other be a successful in the work of God, in the work of this co-creating, the work of spreading the gospel, um, which was kind of the note that we left the Fall Institute on, right? Like when, when Father Josh was leaving, other Father Josh, not you, when other Father Josh was leaving, um, uh, our speaker, uh, you know, we had this great moment, let's, kind of, let's, let's pray for each other, let's, let's hold on each other in prayer. And there's a sense of like that fraternity that we're, we're praying for each other's success. We're praying for each other to... To, to work with the creator in the, in the object of, of mercy, of being the church who helps people, uh, who, who, be, who is the arms and, and feet, uh, the, the hands and feet of our Lord, who lift up those who are falling in, in our interactions with each other, right? Uh, for those who are uh, maybe not rebuking offenders little by little, but um, helping uh, our fellow offenders <laughs> as we're all sinners, we're all struggling, right? Uh, and helping each other to, to continue that work that, that God, the creator who holds everything in his hands, in some ways allowing our little world of, of creation and creating things to participate with God's creating act in the work of fulfillment of the gospel. And and is it, maybe that's the connection here is like this, this, it's through God's mercy that we spoke about in the first reading that, that God's purpose is beginning to be fulfilled that that purpose of restoring us to himself, the purpose of of forming us into other Christs, of of shaping us into the hands and feet of Christ, um, to give glory to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, uh, that's that's what God is doing. It's God God making us worthy of that calling. God making us worthy of Himself. That's really good. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> which, which I think brings us to the gospel, doesn't it? That, that here is this man, Zacchaeus, who, who God wants to bring along on that journey now. Yeah, and how does he do it, right? I mean, how does, how does God bring Zacchaeus, 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 whatever your pronunciation, right? Like, how do, how do they bring, how does he do it? Well, he's, he says, come on, come on I, I, want, I want to go have, I want to eat with you. I want to spend some time with you, right? Let's go. Let's go have a dinner. Um, I love that. I love the phrasing here. I I don't know if it's true, more true to the Greek or not. But uh, for today, I must stay at your house. There's a sense of uh, necessity. I I absolutely have to stay at your house tonight. Um, that's a that's a great observation. Like we we tend to brush aside those little imperative sometimes you know yeah i must stay at your house today like there's something important for me to do this is something uh and not just like that's what you would say like if you just met somebody and you're like oh man i need to hang out with you like i gotta spend some time with you like isn't that what jesus is saying like so this guy this short this short little guy climbed up a tree so that he could see him from a distance and so jesus so jesus comes over and calls him down like there's just this uh, 
like, oh man, like like you're here climbing trees to 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 say like I gotta hang out with you. We gotta talk some more, guy. Right. And uh, there's this there's this. Um, it says us a lot. That tells us a lot about you know Jesus and his 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 willingness to seek this relationship that was a, this willingness to seek him out to bring him to uh, conversion and to truth. Yeah, and I think it's worth taking a mild digression here. Just to briefly talk about tax collectors, like what a tax collector was at the time. Um, a tax collector wasn't, you know, an authority from the, the, the selected government of the people to select the taxes that everyone agreed on and that everyone had a right to. And it wasn't just the pain of having to sell tax, you know, pay the taxes, which would be a pain about enough, right? But there's the way the Romans chose a, a, a tax collector was they chose them from the conquered people so that the, the conquered people would be regularly destabilized in their in their work so they wouldn't be able to like you know so they always have neighbor fighting neighbor in some way and then the romans would would kind of essentially try to get the person who would cheat the most out of their own people and i gave an analogy about this uh this past weekend to my parish uh to one of the parishes and I was just saying, is that you got to realize is that this would be like um, if the Nazis had won World War II and came to the United States and said, who's going to get taxes for us? And it's all these patriotic Americans, quote unquote, you know, throwing their hands up saying, oh, I'll get you more money. I'll get you more money. Right. They're all trying to outbid each other to to help Herr Hitler. Right. Like and Zacchaeus was a Jew. He, he was he was turning against his own people, the chosen people and 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 stealing money from his neighbors from his brothers and sisters uh in the in the same faith uh cheating them and now jesus says i must stay at your house right <laughs> i mean this is not just your run of the mill sin this is the guy who actively was 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 cheating his brothers and sisters uh in the faith uh so i can only imagine like a sense of the disgust of the people around him who were like why would you show mercy to this guy, right? Why would you, how could you show mercy to this guy? Mm -hmm. And that's, and that speaks to that strength we saw in the first reading. God can have mercy because he is all powerful. Jesus can have mercy on Zacchaeus because he has that strength and, uh, and doesn't care what anybody else might th think. It's also, okay, if, if Jesus is going to, plant seeds for the kingdom he's going to go after the people you know who need him the most and who can have the most influence after the fact like here is he's not he's, it says he's a chief tax collector he's not he's he's high up on the scale um jesus goes after like like the big shot and but it, here again it's amazing to see how how the the will of God, the action of God, works hand in hand with the will and the action of 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 humanity, of the person of Zacchaeus. Like, like, like Jesus wants to bring Zacchaeus to conversion. Um, you know, as he said, he's come to seek and save what was lost. That's that's why he's there. But it's also Zacchaeus who's like, yeah, he's going to go seeking out Jesus. He's going to go climb a tree. He's going to try to get as close to him as he can, and. When they finally do have that interaction, when they finally do come together, it's like this immediate response. 
because he's ready for it. He's seeking him out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because there's this, there is this, when you were saying that, it reminded me of, of you know, the, our, um, the people who become quote unquote Catholic celebrities <laughs> uh, in the Catholic world, right? So uh, Father Josh Johnson's getting there. He's certainly like, he works at the Ascension Press. He's, a very, he's obviously an excellent speaker. Um, but there was this humility about the way he spoke about saying, look, I'm, you know, I'm not better than anyone here. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm one guy who was also saved by Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't this, you know, politicians like, you know, uh, sort of false humility. It was, it was a real sense of saying, no, we're all, we're all sinners. We're all sinners. We're all people who are being called. And if God is doing great work in you in some ways, maybe there's a chance to kind of step back and say, okay, where has God saved me? That he's allowed me to bring me to this moment of what is he asking of me next? Like, you know, uh, uh, I look at, you know, sometimes when people have a particular sin they're struggling with, I always have a kind of a stinging suspicion in the back of my mind. I'm like, I'm curious how God's going to use the healing of this particular sin to help them. Mm. Right. And help them be the big, the best messenger of the gospel they can be. Um, and I think that that's, that's like one of the hopes that I, 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 I think I have for people. And I, and I think, you know, others have had for me, uh, in, in our, in our own journey and struggle with life and faith and all this other stuff. Uh, the same thing has been extended to me. I, I think there's extension for others is that, you know, when they walk into the confessional, it's like, okay, how are they going to walk out of here and have a chance to become the next saint, the next mother Teresa or the next whatever, right? Um, that God is calling them to be. Uh, you know, God heals us not so that he can hold it over us for the rest of our lives and into eternity, but so that we can fully join into the wedding feast. Yeah. Yeah. The hope we have, the hope we have for others, the hope we share with others that everything that, um, that God can use all of those things to ultimately draw us back to himself, to bring us, to bring salvation to our house too, just like the house is a case. Right. And that's the house he desires to dwell in, right? That he must dwell in. It's our house. Each of yeah. Us. Yeah. That's beautiful. Jeez. I think I have a, I think I have my homily. This is great. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, Father Rory, it was great to, uh, to talk to you this week. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this podcast and, uh, thanks everybody for listening. And, um, yeah, go to mass. See what. <laughs> hopefully, this. Hope you know. The hope is that by doing this, by looking at the readings ahead of time like this, it it helps when you're actually in the liturgy for them to um, to 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 see even more than when you're at the mass and you've pondered the readings a little bit. Uh, so we we hope that this is something that uh, that can help you grow closer to the Lord. Absolutely, absolutely. Father Josh, thank you so much. Do you want to close us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we give you thanks for the great gift that is your word. We ask that through our study of your word that we draw close to you, that we come to know you, that we may love you. We ask especially that as we ponder your your mercy and your work at the life in, in Zacchaeus, that you draw us, those we love, and your whole world to conversion, to deeply follow after you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.
the Father, right. and of the we'll Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hopefully. Bless.